morning, Mashi. Good evening, Dennis. Happy birthday, dude. I know, right? Thanks. It is Mashi's birthday. I was going to say, before we get too far away, we got to address the the birthday boy in the room, right? It's your special day. Who knows how often the next one's going to come around? I can't imagine that. So it's your quote, special treat. You get to pick the quote for the day, Mash. Oh, wow. I'm blessed and lucky. Yeah. I will say um, one thing that is nice about having an early January birthday is I kind of get a second shot at New Year's. Like I didn't really get my intentions or my plans all lined up for January 1. But when you think about it, this actually is my New Year's Day. It's more pertinent to you personally. Yes, that's yes, definitely true. Is- Surely as a kid, though. See, I my birthday is the 28th of June. So it's pretty much very nearly the maximum distance it can possibly Perfect. be from Christmas. Perfect. Which is ideal because, you know, you got, you're got only you only ever six months away from a big holiday. Uh, but I feel like you're dangerously – now, maybe the New Year breaks it apart. But I feel no. like you're in one present territory. Oh, yeah. One present territory for sure. That's It's awful. That's it's awful. Stinks. So as you get older, obviously, it's not a problem. But, yeah. Um, but here we are, 44. I wanted to do one of my favorite quotes. And, in fact, one of the things that inspired me to do a podcast like this. I remember so clearly – seeing this line as a kid and not understanding it at all because of just the American education system and the thought process, but knowing there was an inherent truth in it. Um, It's one of my favorite philosophers, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Your second Picard quote. It's a return to the, to the Patrick Stewart well here. I mean, come on. Picard is. Oh, no, I'd be surprised if it was your last. I'm going to be honest. No, it, it definitely won't be. Okay. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness. That is life. I mean, Masha, you and I both are strong, you know, big gamers. We both we both came together playing Magic the Gathering. I work for PokerStars right now. That is a premium card gaming like oh my way to live your life. You can play correctly, you can make all the right decisions and still lose. And learning to accept that, it's so difficult as a human, right? To accept, oh, but I did everything right and I should I should win. And that's super clear in games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but as soon as there's, there's anything, even even an element of chance at all, poker has a ton of chance, obviously. Um, Magic the Gathering has a ton of chance. chance. Even like, like uh, uh, the whole other end of the spectrum is chess, but everything south of that has an element of chance. And that's a really good allegory for life because there's so much you can't control. And it's about making the best decision you can at the time with the information you had at the time. And being happy with the decision, regardless of the result, right? That's my interpretation of that. I completely agree. I think that we live a life and a culture of being so massively results oriented mm-hmm. that when we do play a perfect game, whether it's a game of magic, a game of poker, or some instance in the game of life, but we lose, we don't get the outcome we want. We feel like we failed. We feel like we did something wrong when. In reality, so many things in life are so far beyond our control. And the idea that (coughs) we, as we say in magic, you should have played around it. Um, The idea in life that you played imperfectly, that you made a mistake because you didn't properly account for pure variance. Or or, or a variable you you couldn't have possibly known about. You couldn't, you never could have known. That didn't even exist. This is something that I actually learned. Good. I was just saying, you're talking to two guys who ran an events company when COVID hit. Yep. Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you don't know. This is something I learned from a mutual friend of ours, actually, from Marshall Sutcliffe, back on, uh, you know, avid, both avid podcaster and poker player, actually. Um, 
back in the day on limited resources, he his analogy for it was if I took a six-sided die, I was like, Masha, you can bet five bucks on a one, or you can bet five bucks on a combined two, three, four, five, or six. You would go, well, obviously I'll take the two, three, five, four, four, and six every time. It's a five out of six shot. And I roll the die and it comes up a one. Did you make a mistake in picking the other one? Of course you didn't. You didn't make a mistake. You got unlucky. You made the right decision and you lost anyway. Now, it is very rare in life that your decision paths and decision trees are quite as clear cut as that. And unlike helpfully on poker stars, when you go all in and everyone goes, you know, shows their whole cards, it does not give you a percentage breakdown of who's most likely to win before the rest of the cards come up. You never know that information. It's the classic sort of, you know, give me the accept, you know, the power to accept what's out of my control and the wisdom to know the difference. It's kind of another take on that quote, right? Like being able to make decisions and accept the results regardless of what they are. I think the, the other thing though, because even in that thought process, and this is what this evokes to me now is and this is, I don't know, you, I struggle with this now, 44 today, still struggle with it. I think it's a great concept and it's a fine idea, but putting it into practice is so tough, which is stepping away from the results altogether. Win, lose, or draw. Um, stepping away from the results altogether because the real work, the real goal, the real success and failure of an endeavor is how we carry ourselves, how we play the game, what we do. Um, as you know, Dennis, we recently sold a business. Mm-hmm. And it, that part is massively successful, particularly in this economic climate. But when I look back at the process of merging companies and working in a merged company and then ultimately selling it, the process of the merger, no doubt, was required for the sale. And the sales and overwhelming success is a boon to my life. Um, there are so many things when I look back with a critical eye on how I carried myself where different business decisions were made that I knew "Mm, I should fight this more. I should do this differently. Um, And I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I go back to that well constantly in my current thinking at work today. So, and I, I, I want to bring this up because the result was positive. I won. We won. And yet still I go back and say, how did I play the game? What did I, what do I need to learn from it? Because I think that's where the real work is. That's where you can grow. That's where you can recognize, let me pat myself on the back. I actually did a great job there. You know, all of those things are what we really need to be striving for. But what we, all we look at, all we look at are the results. All we look at is what happened at the end. We focus on our losses more than our wins, right? Wins don't, have us go back and critically evaluate how do we play the game? Success is a terrible teacher. Exactly. And so I remember hearing this quote as a kid and not understanding that because in my childlike, it's like middle school, I think in my childlike misunderstanding of the way life works, I did have the idea that's like, well, no, you could have accounted for things differently. Mm-hmm. You could have done things differently. And of course that's childlike. It's naive. No, no, no adult, no sophisticated or even semi-sophisticated person should see the world that way. You can't. All you can do is play to the best of your abilities. Also, you mentioned like looking back and being like, oh, I would have done this differently. I would have done that differently. Um, I think it's important to cut yourself some slack when doing that. But because, but to be honest, if you look back over, over any period of time, let's say a year or two, like you were talking about, and there aren't things you would have done differently, not only would I say, oh, you're not making a big enough risk, but I also don't think you're being honest with yourself. There's no way everybody, you know, played perfectly for a full 24 months. That's outrageous. 
The tricky and part think, is though, okay. where if you're using the poker analogy, if you go all in with your pocket eights and there's an eight on the table, and then you get to see what you, what the other player had. If you're playing heads up, it'll give you percentages, and you go, "Yes, I got sixty percent. Whatever happens, I got my money in good. Great. You never get those numbers in real life. You'll they in the, in in real life you'll go shove the uh, shutters will come down, and then at the end chips will come out or they won't, and you'll have no idea how good the decision you made in a vacuum, like mathematically was mm. so you do have to look at results though successes and failures and use like you mentioned what you've learned in the interim to go okay well if i present presented with that decision again today would i have made it differently that's the only way i think you can do that in the real world i think i i agree i was going to say like when i when i critically evaluate um the situation with the company and the journey we were on and the moves i made it's not this decision or that decision I think that actually is too granular. I think about what I was feeling at the time, what my gut was telling me. And you know this, you, you know, I had your ear and I was talking through, like, mm-hmm. I got a bad, I've got a bad feeling about this. Um, and I recognize now there was so much of my internal dialogue, my thought process, my instincts, my, really my gut calls that I overrode that I didn't go with, that I didn't fight hard enough for. That's what I'm talking about. And and yes, if I sit here and we talk about it, I could give you a list of things. You tally them that's up. Not yeah, that's I'm, not the same, right? That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. No. And that's not what I'm evaluating. I'm not evaluating the specific decisions I made during. I could, um, and I have done some of those, and I can tell you why I did this or why I felt this way. But really, overall, when I go back to the process, and again, I want to remind everyone, this was an incredibly successful process. I think about some of the alarm bells that were in the back of my head mm-hmm. or that were churning in my gut that I ignored. That's what I take from it. What, what, what if, and you know, to be honest with you, if I listened to those more, this thing wouldn't have been a success. There's, my life, there's every I probably chance. probably would have been happier. I probably would have been happier, but a lot less stress. Well, that's tricky but then. So if you're presented with, you know, Groundhog Day, the same situation again, do you think you'd behave any differently? Uh, I think... It's a great question with the Groundhog Day thing. I think about this a lot because of my pseudo obsession with Doctor Who and time travel. I think you have no choice but to act differently, you know, because you like even if you try to act the same, it, it's you not know honest. too much. Yeah, you know too much. Um, but would I? Yes, I would act differently with the same goal in mind. I would orchestrate things in my mm-hmm. own mind to achieve the same goal, but I would. Try to do it less painfully at times, right? Basically, I would do it by spending a lot less money. Sure. Um, And I think I would be a lot more heads up about certain things. So would you say your biggest lesson out of this, and I'm sure this is something we'll return to, is that you feel like your bar for when you should put your foot down, essentially, or stake your claim should be lower than it is. You're too quick to be like, okay, path of least resistance. I want to be easy to work with. I want to play ball. Yes. But it's the process before that that is that is that is what I needed to do more of. But I earlier. want to step back from that. Earlier than that, my biggest takeaway was trusting that voice in my head, trusting mm-hmm. my gut. That's when it tells me, bro, draw the line. The line must be drawn here, no further. That's another Picard quote. Um, first contact. But it's it's that that voice that I ignored. I was like, you know what? Okay. Now, the other part of it is I had good friends that I trusted that were like, hey, don't worry about that. Just trust me. Weather it. Yeah. My call. 
And I wouldn't change that. I, I work with friends. I work with a team I trust. And part of that is when they come to me privately and say, back off of this, I, I just trust me, please back off of this and let me handle it. I do that. And if that blows up in my face, I don't care. I do it again next time. And I do it again next time. And I do it again next time. That's just how I function on the team. Just as if I come forward and say, hey, no, back off of this. Let me take care of it. I need them to believe me. But what's crucially important is understanding not only can you play a perfect game and lose, but as, as is so much more, so much more common in life, you can play an imperfect game and win. Mm -hmm. Being results-oriented is a failure. It is, is not a way for us to properly grow and adapt in life and in business. Our successes need to be critically evaluated just as much, if not more, than our failures. Because... It's not whether you win or lose in a given situation. It truly is how you play the game. Because yeah. the wonderful thing about magic, the wonderful thing about poker, and the wonderful thing about every freaking day we're above ground is we get another round. We're playing another game. And are we going to learn? You need to grow. You need to, you need exactly. to not focus on whether you won the last time, but playing the next one better. And that is, it is very hard to, people, people are, humans are very quick to attribute their own successes to skill and their own failures to luck when there's yep. an equal mix, you know, luck makes no, doesn't discriminate, right? It's all, right. it's all, it's all even handed. And it's very, very difficult to have a critical eye looking back. And indeed now on your birthday in the new year, dude, looking forward. I know. Um, and I think that it's tough. The other thing I would say, the older, wiser Mashi would say is you got to take time to look backwards and you got to take time to look forwards. But we, as humans, I think we do too much of that. What's most important to me here today and every day is just looking at now. Looking around, yeah. I forget so much of it um, because I'm like, well, what's tomorrow hold? What's next week? What are my goals for the end of the year? And sometimes it's good to just be like, what are your goals for today? This afternoon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I hope you have a fun birthday. I hope you get and celebrate and, you know, have a great day. You do the same. Have a great morning, Dennis.